0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for subscribers of news of the day. From a perspective of truth, liberty and justice. This is Monica Perez.
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Our top story. Amazingly, this is actually the top story. It's about the debt bill, the um, debt ceiling, the infrastructure spending bill, plus the what they were trying to call the human infrastructure bill, which is such a ridiculous torture. Have you did you hear that? Yeah. So so it's a it's a social it's basically like a massive welfare bill and climate change bill, but it's three and a half trillion dollars. And the infrastructure bill is over a trillion dollars. So the way they've positioned it to make it look like they're not all in cahoots to get just total transformation of this country is they're actually positioning it that the infrastructure bill is what Republicans want and that the republicans have to give on the other stuff in order to get the infrastructure bill so when obama was did tried to get an infrastructure bill the republicans went nuts and defeated it but i think because trump kind of said well republicans want infrastructure that republicans are just like republicans want infrastructure like (laughs) these are not the droids you're looking for just total mind control so now the republicans are being brought to the table of concession by or the Democrats are, are saying, well, if you don't if if you don't raise the debt ceiling, we're not going to vote yes on your infrastructure bill. It's just ridiculous. So anyway,
1: they just changed the definition of infrastructure. To mean all those other things that you are, you know, infrastructure, climate change, and all of that, and now they're just saying it's what the Republicans want.
0: No, no, there. So now there are two. They separated the bills out. So the actual infrastructure is the trillion-dollar one that's supposed to pass, and what the Democrats have been saying is, we'll only pass your trillion-dollar infrastructure bill if you don't stand in our way for the three and a half trillion-dollar. Human infrastructure bill and the way they're standing in the way is they're not allowing the debt ceiling to rise and that will cause a shutdown of the government and that makes it kind of hard to pass a three and a half trillion dollars spending bill. I've talked about the details of these bills before. I mean, it's. It's just it is, of course, the fundamental transformation of this country, but it's just more socialism on top of the socialism that's already been delivered by both parties over the years. But I did want to just mention for one moment what this debt ceiling thing looks like. Or what the details between our uh, uh, about our financial crisis is right now, and that is that we have a. $28 trillion national debt right now. That's just the national debt. So we have a $28 trillion national debt. The deficit for 2021 was $3 trillion. So the government spent, federal government spent $3 trillion more than it took in in taxes in 2021. And I understand they're saying that was an emergency, but it's usually a trillion dollars anyway. Trump signed off on trillion dollar deficits left and right. And that to me, I never understand why that's even possible, because we are the most prosperous society that ever lived, the wealthiest society that ever lived, you could argue. You could make that argument. So why are we borrowing from a future of uh, that we don't know it's more or less prosperous? We have X amount of prosperity now. It should be enough to feed everyone since we've, according to the official narrative, endured four million years of evolution, like humanity has survived eating what it kills or consuming what it produced up until this point. And the people we're buying, f- borrowing from aren't even alive yet. They're certainly not voters. So we're actually taxing them without. Representing them because they cannot vote. So it's it's a horrible atrocity for them to increase the debt or even have deficit spending at all. In my opinion, it should never happen. But one. So they're acting like there are ways to get around this. And it's because it's kind of confusing how the money works. It's not real money. There's there's. Currency is one thing, but then there are things that are in bank deposits and whatever. So you have maybe $2 trillion of cash running around, but there's $20 trillion of kind of ready money that's called M2. So one of the suggestions was, and I read this twice in the Wall Street Journal today, is to mint a $1 trillion platinum coin and just deposit it at the Fed.
1: That is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, because platinum, first of all, is only worth about fifteen hundred dollars. I don't know. So the idea right behind now.
1: that. Let's just mint a trillion dollar coin just to make it easy.
0: Right. And that's twice in the Wall Street Journal. And it doesn't point out that, okay, so you mint a trillion dollar coin, you give it to the Fed. The banks say the banks lend ten trillion on that. So there used to be a reserve requirement, which meant that you ha- you could only you could only lend out 10 times what you had on deposit. Now that number is zero. So you could literally just, there's no limit to how much a bank could lend out. But let's just take a traditional way of thinking about fractional reserve banking, which is what most people think we have right now. You put a trillion dollars in the bank, in at the Fed, and then all the banks that are allowed to do this Lend out $10 trillion, okay? Say, or say they did two. Say they put $2 trillion coins and they lent out $20 trillion. Right now, there's $20 trillion of that kind of money running around. Tomorrow, there's $40 trillion of that kind of money running around. What do you think would happen if today there's $20 trillion and tomorrow there's $40 trillion? No increase in goods and services or anything like that. What would happen if all of a sudden the banks issued $20 trillion to people in loans for nothing tomorrow.
1: Would ultimately be meaningless because prices would go sky high.
0: They would double. They would absolutely double. And they would double because everybody wanted to buy a house, all of a sudden would have twice as much money and bid twice as much on the house. It wouldn't happen day one, but it might happen day 100. And the people who own the houses now their houses go up in value with that their houses go up in value but the guy who borrowed the money he's buying the house in the post inflationary dollars but the person who sold the house is getting two trillion dollars to immediately before the prices are fully absorbed they can get something more for their money so the holders of assets the rich guys their assets right now especially if they know right away if they get that money right away Or they see what's coming, they know how to manipulate it so that they take advantage of today's prices and then tomorrow's prices will be double, but they will, they will get the value of that. The best way to think about it is if you're at a gas station and the price of gas doubles overnight, the guy who's selling the gas Exxon gets that double price. But for example, he doesn't double the wage of the guy behind the desk immediately. That guy is still making less and paying more.
1: Yeah, and they achieve this all on the backs of unattainable vague goals that they use to get support for this bill for this infrastructure bill that they get their bases to rally behind them those goals of climate change which we talked a few weeks ago about some of the guys in the company saying they're only agreeing to do these climate change agendas because they know that they'll never be achieved they know they're an impossible goals and the idea of equality everything has to be equal and equity it's, it's an unachievable goal when you measure it based on respect And when you measure it based on things that are not food, like you said, everybody, most people can eat, people have, they have free food, you can go places where you're offered shelter. It's not to say it's ideal, but when the whole measuring stick is subjective and about feeling, then they can present these unattainable goals and use them to compel people to support these things that make them put trillions of dollars.
0: And actually... I want to talk about, hopefully we'll get to it later in the show, in looking at what's happening in Afghanistan and Haiti, how totally full of it the powers that be are when they act like they're doing these things for women, children, minorities, for the good of mankind. It's really sick what they're doing right now in both Afghanistan and Haiti. So maybe we'll talk about that in the last big story of the Free 30. I have an
1: interesting piece of technology that's been invented to, to introduce to you. Engineers at Northwestern University have invented a very terrifying and also kind of cool new piece of technology that can monitor air pollution, monitor airborne diseases and environmental contamination and conduct population surveillance. And here's the kicker. It's the size of a grain of salt. This is the world's smallest ever human-made flying structure. It's these micro flyers, as they call them, are packed with ultra-miniaturized technology, including sensors, power sources, antennas for wireless communication, and embedded memory to store data. The guy who headed up the project is a pioneer in bioelectronics bio-ele- who I discovered frequently works with Bill Gates and Melinda Gates on projects in Africa is a guy named John Rogers, and he said the goal of this project was to add winged flight to small scale electronic systems with the idea that these capabilities would allow us to distribute highly functional miniaturized electronic devices to sense the environment for contamination monitoring, population surveillance and disease tracking.
0: Wow. You know, many years ago, I saw the Israeli surveillance drones. They looked like dragonflies. It sounds a lot like that, which means if it's been around for 10 years, what they're really working on has to be 10 years more advanced than that. It's nuts. They did a
1: demonstration of it, and... The sensors during the demonstration included a power source that can harvest ambient energy, memory storage, and an antenna that can wirelessly transfer data to a smartphone, tablet, or computer. Hello, 5G. These things are the size of a grain of salt. Think about that. And they can not only collect and store data, they can then transfer that data wirelessly to these guys' tablets and from the sky. Because that's how this Rogers guy envisions using these things. He says that a number of these little devices could be dropped from an airplane or building and broadly dispersed over large areas to monitor like a chemical spill or track pollution levels or perhaps, and this is me speculating, do a little surveillance as was alluded to earlier. So here we have thousands of little micro flyers just flying around our heads everywhere, collecting data about who knows what, and then instantly sending that data to this dude and his team. And we never know it because they're so tiny that we can't see them.
0: So when is this supposed to roll out?
1: They're already testing it right now. And I was trying to find out how much one of these costs just to invent one of these. I'm not going to go into the details of how they created it because it's way above my, my level of understanding, but I will leave the link in the show notes. This guy, when you look at the stuff he's created and the fact that he's working with Bill Gates and all these other people, this guy is an expert in creating miniaturized technology that you can just basically put inside people and spread around the planet without having any idea. I'm terrified of my salt shaker right now
0: because thousands of little spies might be inside of it. Here's the thing, though, that really alarms me about this. And I I don't want to be alarmist, but I look at when they got to the point where the gene therapy, the mRNA stuff, the DNA induction that's in the AstraZeneca and Johnson Johnson, the mRNA, which is in Pfizer and Moderna, when they got to the point where the gene therapy could do what they wanted it to do, not to the point where it could do it safely so that it would pass a normal FDA approval process or it would have done so before they used an emergency authorization thing. Moderna's been around for 15 years and never had an FDA approval. But that as soon as they could... Get that thing to work. They did it to do stuff to to coerce us into taking it and to make the information about it opaque, their intentions opaque. The science doesn't really hold together. There has to be something else going on because you cannot vet their arguments with the facts and the studies and come to the same conclusion. That's why they're so intensively approaching the vaccine stuff with a with a propaganda campaigns and that because they clearly immediately use the most advanced technology they had for their own purposes without regard to what we to our own rights and agency, I think there's no chance they're using they're going to use this that our our tax dollars paid for in order to serve i mean they wouldn't have to use it to serve the legitimate purposes of government because legitimate purposes of government are just to stay out of the way
1: yeah i'm gonna put the link to this guy's page and all his inventions you guys can check it out because he's he's invented a lot of stuff including some stuff involving covid and tracking people with miniaturized device that you put Ah. on the neck and you can't even find so Pretty interesting, but also kind of terrifying. Speaking of terrifying, YouTube has decided that they are going to ban all vaccine-related content. That's all vaccine-related content. Really? Anti-vaccine-related content, I mean. Not just (laughs) anti-COVID-related content. Excuse me.
0: (laughs) Where would all their propaganda go?
1: Exactly. So this is going to start today. YouTube will remove videos which claim that vaccines approved by health officials as safe are ineffective or harmful as part of a push to cut down on anti-vaccine content the vice president of youtube the global of the global and safety department said that Officials were focused on dealing with misinformation about COVID-19 vaccine when they noticed that misinformation about other vaccines, like those from measles or chickenpox, were contributing to the ongoing distrust regarding the shots. This is a slippery slope right here is, oh, well, that's contributing to this. So let's get rid of that. Also, how far can you stretch this under the new policy? YouTube will also remove the channels of prominent vaccine misinformation spreaders, including Joseph Mercola. Aaron Elizabeth, oh. Sherry Tenpenny, and Robert <gasps> yeah. F Kennedy. So
0: I'm worried about us. I I don't know. Like every once in a while, I will put a video up on YouTube. I wonder if anything like that's in there. Damn.
1: Yeah, they said they're going to continue to allow scientific discussions <laughs> about vaccines and personal testimony that doesn't generalize or make broad claims about vaccine efficacy. He said we'll remove claims that vaccines are dangerous or cause a lot of health effects, that, uh, that vaccines cause autism, cancer, infertility, or contain microchips. So as long as you talk about vaccines the way that they allow you to talk about vaccines, then you're perfectly safe
0: so are they going to give strikes do you think to videos that are already up because if i got a few strikes right now i think i have one
1: as opposed to just will they give you a warning yeah as opposed to just taking you down i don't know they like to keep their policies a little bit open and flexible i don't know if he mentioned that in the in the specific specific release i'll have to go back and look at that
0: well, now that they mentioned the nanopots and the vaccine, I hadn't really taken that seriously until you just told me that a guy who's into COVID surveillance has a a, a, a soluble
1: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Jeez. exactly. And they were talking about technologies too that are small and can go into the body, and they modeled designing the technology after sperm and. It could release stuff, nanotechnology, inside your body. These are things that are actively being worked on and tested.
0: I feel like the J and J and AstraZeneca ones, if they're both the same, but I know the J and J uses a viral vector to, to get genes to be introduced into a cell, that's kind of spermy. <laughs> I think. I think I think that's what the antibody dependent disease enhancement is like there's an antibody created that locks onto the antigen. And instead of neutralizing the antigen, it spermifies it into cells that would never have been vulnerable to it, That it actually makes you sicker because of that. How nuts is that? So it goes as far as to make the antibodies, but the antibodies don't do their job of neutralizing. So then they're just delivered into cells. So, wow. These guys, Now there is a
1: demonstration of what will not be allowed on YouTube anymore. Oh, I think, shoot.
0: I think that is exactly <laughs> the type of
1: content that you're the discussions that you're not allowed to have anymore. Uh, this, is, see, this isn't just banning vaccine, anti-vaccine stuff that they don't like. This is banning people who question the narrative that they're presenting. So that could be broadly pro- applied in a scary way. They really do not want you talking about anything YouTube is starting to suck really bad and I don't just mean it in a censorship way. I mean the content on there, it's just degrading. It's it's if everything is the same and it's a bunch of people who just say the same stuff and agree on the same stuff, nobody's going to like it.
0: No, and and you cannot censor it for inappropriate content for mid-level kids, only for little kids. So, they're so concerned about protecting people from harmful information yet there's porn made of cartoons it's nuts <laughs> you know?
1: yeah it really is it's crazy so the nba released or they leaked their protocols for teams for virus safety this season and it's very clear that this is a warning to the unvaccinated of here's how your life is going to be in the nba here's how your life of making millions of dollars is going to be in the nba Among the rules for unvaccinated players, they will not be able to eat in the same room with vaccinated teammates or staff. They must have lockers as far away from vaccinated players as possible. And they must stay masked and at least six feet away from all other attendees in any meeting. (laughs) The unvaccinated players will also be required to remain at their residence when in their home market, which I I wonder about that one. How can you force them to stay at their house when they're at home? That seems like a bit of a stretch.
0: First of all, this is clearly apartheid. Yeah. Second of all, the way that reads, it's that the vaccinated people are the vulnerable ones.
1: It's exactly how it reads. They're saying keep us as far away from these unvaccinated people as possible. We have these vaccines. I, I don't know. Does it make any sense? <laughs> it makes
0: no sense. I mean, it should be. It's the, are they worried about the unvaccinated people getting sick for, from each other? I mean, then why cordon them off together? They, they don't seem to be expressing them.
1: any concern over the unvaccinated people in, in any way, really.
0: But what are they saying that the unvaccinated people are going to create breakthrough cases for the vaccinated people? In which case, what are the vaccines for? The thing is,
1: they're not even making those arguments in the NBA thing. The only arguments they're making are that you need to get the vaccine so you can play and don't miss games. In fact, one of the articles when it comes to San Francisco and and New York was talking about how the players have to just get one shot in order to be eligible to play. and. That doesn't make any sense. If you're not fully vaccinated until you get two or three, how come you're, you're going to let them play after just one? It seems like you're just trying to get them to accept to take just take it, and we will let you play. Things a rapist might say. Just take it. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> just a little. Just a little.
1: <laughs> it's, it is it is kind of funny here because it says that unvaccinated players will be tested on all practice, travel, team activity, and game days, and fully vaccinated players will not be subject to testing with very limited exceptions. So they're also going to have to be tested from time to time.
0: They should. Every, everyone should be tested all the time if the vaccinated people are vulnerable. But anyway, we could go on about that forever. So there's a player in the NBA. He's a young guy. He
1: plays for the Orlando Magic, and he has been the subject of controversy before. Or at least they've tried to pull him into controversy because they don't like his beliefs. And he is he's openly a christian he's very he speaks a lot about his faith and he 's a smart guy, uh, he speaks very eloquently. well, they were trying to drill all these unvaccinated players during those meetings the past couple of days, and when they went after this guy, John, Jonathan Isaac, he plays for the Orlando Magic, um, he, w- he was not having in fact he he brought it up before they could even ask him because the Rolling Stone started smearing him saying that he the only reason he's, unvacc- he ble- he's unvaccinated is because he's been following Donald Trump and he's been researching wrong black history and they just smeared him so he came out and he said I'm going to tell you what his statement is and I'll leave the link so you can listen to it he says I want to start by saying that I was pretty badly misrepresented in the Rolling Stone article and because of that I understand anyone who might say they don't transparently or overtly trust the media and he said in a tweet he noted that journalism is dying and and he said, to say that, I appreciate every single one of you who try to do your best to correctly share the thoughts and ideas and the heart of the people they ask questions of. I'm not anti-vax. I'm not anti-medicine. I'm not anti-science. I didn't come to my current vaccination status by studying black history or watching Donald Trump press conferences. I have nothing but the utmost respect for the healthcare worker and person across the world who have worked tirelessly. I am grateful that I live in a society where vaccines are possible. But with that being said, it's my belief that the vaccine status of every person should be their own choice without bullying, being pressured, or being focused. And he said he's not a shamed. He's not uncomfortable. Then he goes on to tell them that he got COVID. So he has the natural immunities. And he said, I've researched. And based on the current research, natural immunity is stronger and At my age and my health level, I am not afraid of getting the virus, but there is a chance that I could have an adverse effect. So I weighed the risk and I decided not to get it. I mean, his explanation is how you do it in these situations. He demonstrates how to do it and then he closes up his message by telling them loving your neighbor is not just loving those who look like you or who agree with you.
0: Wow. You should listen to it. It's
1: fantastic. So
0: moved by that.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: That's really super sweet. All right. Well, then we shall use that as the launching off point for our little break. We are going to have a last big story of the Free 30, of course, as we always do today. I want to get to what I referred to earlier about Afghanistan and Haiti. I think they reveal the duplicity of they, big T, they. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about that before we get to that, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR. We are going to talk about a billboard campaign that I do not think is long for this world. It definitely (laughs) goes against the, the grain of the propaganda. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the billboard company itself takes it down, but you're going to tell us all about that. And I'm going to tell you why today is my favorite day. Yes. Wow, is my favorite day. But we also have a lot of stories that I did not get to a lot of my stories for the main show. So let's talk a little bit in the after hours and the XR about the administrative discharge that the military is likely to face if they are not complying with the VAX mandate, and also what's happening to thousands of healthcare workers today. So let's let's cover all that in the XR. Before we get to the last big story, though, of the Free 30, I want to encourage you to check out one of our sponsors, True Hemp Science, my absolute favorite uh, resource for CBD products. If you are a CBD user, you will know that Quality is important, and I can say unequivocally that True Hemp Science has, you're not going to get better quality CBD products than you will at True Hemp Science. And they do have a special being offered today for Propaganda Report listeners. Propaganda Report listeners can get 40% off a number 23 10-milliliter oil with the purchase of any regular price products over $40. It is applicable for people using the code prop 23. And I think if you give it a shot, you are going to find that the CBD products that you get from True Hemp Science are absolutely the best you're going to get. People use CBD for anti-inflammatory properties, anti-anxiety properties to just unwind a little bit without having to have a mind-altering substance. But they also have great skincare products. I mean, this is a real natural medicine. And Binkley, of course, loves the super soft and very cool t-shirts. So, Big props to our friends at True Hemp Science. Please check them out. And I'm going to ask our listeners not only to support our sponsors, but to support us in a unique way. I haven't asked for this exactly in this way for a long time, but I would like to ask you today that if you are listening to this, I would ask you to do one thing. If you would go to iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform, if it accepts reviews, or stars or whatever and give us a five-star review we i i personally i have a goal to have one thousand five-star reviews on itunes before they take us off <laughs> so <laughs> i fully expect to be de especially seeing what's happening in youtube i've been de more than once before and i have gotten strikes on youtube we've had shows taken down I think this is only a matter of time, but if we can get to a thousand five star reviews, the algorithms will push our show to the top of search requests, or will actually recommend to listeners of other shows to try our show so we can build a broader audience. And then it won't hurt so much when we get taken down. We'll be able to use alternative, less popular platforms without too much loss. So. It is my personal goal. We have well over 500 five-star reviews right now, but I'd really like to get to a 1,000, and it really makes me happy. I check it every day. So please, if you would, and if give us five-star review if you do have any constructive criticism i also love to hear that i like to respond to that immediately and make some changes so if if there is anything you want to contribute just email us personally because those reviews are forever so don't put it on there but go to the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com tell us what you think if you love it that's great we'd love to hear you there the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com but if you think there's something we could do to improve please let us know right then and there that would be great now on to the last big story of the free thirty. I I look at this Afghanistan stuff, I look at the Haiti stuff. I'm not really gonna crack the code on the nuances of foreign affairs. I mean, there are people, especially libertarians, who really focus on that. I don't I, I'm not gonna head down that road. A reason I don't head down that road is that I feel like a lot of the back and forth, a lot of the nuance. If it's not really, really big picture, it's it's not really getting to the meat of the matter. And I feel like the really big picture in Afghanistan, for example, is they want their people in there and they don't like. When we go into the Middle East and take leaders out, we take out secular leaders. We take out Gaddafi. We take out Hussein. We take out or try to take out Assad. I'm not saying those people are good or bad. I'm just saying we take out the secular guys. We act like we're against radical Islam, but that's not how it plays out. So when Bergdahl, that guy went AWOL, supposedly, we traded him for five Haqqani network Afghans. And I said from the beginning, I thought that that was all a setup just to get those Haqqani guys back in because I think they worked for us. They certainly worked for us when Charlie Wilson and Ronald Reagan met with Haqqani in the White House, according to some pictures and evidence. And certainly, Charlie Wilson's war was about the Afghanis that worked for them.
1: That's funny. You said according to some pictures that they showed him <laughs> yes, in the White they, House with
0: <laughs> Yes. So people say, well, it might not have been Haqqani, but it sure looks like him. So we got those guys back in and what it looks to me like what's happening is we're acting like oh the Taliban accidentally took over after we left after 20 years but I don't think so I think we set it up like that and the only reason we'd have to do it quite this way is the people in Afghanistan probably do not want the Taliban to take back over it's we we had to leave them or you know I'm just theorizing speculating that we left stuff in the airport and stuff for them to use for them to repair we probably taught them how to use it already so I think that this is a setup and what annoys me one of the things that annoys noise about it. oh and i figured out why i they're kind not calling it isis k because that doesn't make sense right it's isis would be islamic state of iraq and syria k kabul i guess now it's ice k or is k or i don't know what but so is k is there to be an enemy to the taliban which is also our enemy so this is like the the advent of or what's happening in the middle east has had this three-way thing for a while there but we can then be an ally with our enemy The Taliban, because our bigger enemy is is K or whatever it's called. And that that may justify our plan, apparently, is to actually give the Taliban food and and that kind of support now once you start doing that then the people who would push them out won't push them out because that's where they're getting the food the last thing you want to do is prop up something that you think is really oppressive but there's a wrinkle in this that i don't like and it is that they are are suppressing females there they're actually giving them less rights and stuff and this is just one of those there must be a reason to that maybe women have big bs dar you know maybe they are Maybe you really can't give them the vote because while people here say women voting increases socialism, it's possible that it's just that. The way socialism is promoted here, it appeals to women because when the women got the vote, you had Warren Harding and Calvin Coolidge, the first two presidents elected after universal suffrage for women, were the most conservative and they won by the biggest landslides. So it's not, it may be that in a transitional period, women are the ones who have a better sense of these things. I really don't know. But all I'm saying is it exposes because I firmly believe that. The Big T, they are behind Taliban taking over Afghanistan. And this is part of that package. So when they tell you that they want to help women, to help girls, all this kind of stuff, you read the UN, you read the World Economic Forum. It's complete crap, in my opinion. And the Great Reset was in part about resetting women, minorities, middle class, anybody who's clawed their way out of the gutter back down to zero, because that's how they like to do it. That's probably what the 1929 crash was about, just a reset of everybody but Big T, they. And in Haiti, I have one quick thing for Haiti, not as long. I think what's happening in Haiti is they've lured... They, big T, they, Biden administration, whatever, they have lured Haitian expats from around the world, especially South America, got them to come to the border and then loaded them on planes and brought them back to Haiti. And they are now overwhelming the kind of human resources that Haiti has for dealing with migrants or refugees or whatever, because now they're refugees because they came from Chile and Brazil and stuff. They didn't come from Haiti. They don't have a home to go back to. They didn't just pop over the border and they're popping back to Haiti. They've been gone for years. They might not have connections. Maybe they're persona non grata. So there's a little bit of a humanitarian persona non grata, somebody who isn't appreciated. Oh, okay. So, so maybe they, and from what I read, it says that there's a, a, because of the earthquake, because of gang violence, because of the political crisis, and now thousands of expats who have been gone for years are back in Haiti. It's, it's really turning up the volume of the problems there. So then I looked and I thought, if they're, if we're shipping Haitians there to, overwhelm haiti's resources then we must not have a grip on the post-coup government there so i believe we did the coup moise thought that we did the coup he stopped a coup in february right after biden took office and he tried to put somebody else in place as his number two the guy who had not yet been sworn in but i believe that's the guy who is now in charge so that is part of the moise Continuum, not a fan of ours. So he seems to be holding on there. And I only discovered that because I thought what we're doing seems like we're trying to undermine Haiti right now, which means that we mustn't be in control. And that does look like what's happening. So I think that they, they can control earthquakes. I think that we're, we're hitting Haiti with everything they got. And I got a really interesting tweet from Sir Tim today saying they'll never forgive haiti for having a successful slave uprising i didn't even know about that haiti's history but i did know that they refused western help uh, or whatever help was offered from outside countries in establishing their constitution they have really been non cooperative or non-submissive and i really respect them for it i'm not saying it's it's they do a great job i just think that it's a tough neighborhood and i i respect this guy he's got his, his it's the Prime Minister, I think his name is Henry. He his life is for sure in danger and he's holding firm. I you know, I worry for him and I think that we're playing dirty tricks on them.
1: Haiti does seem to really get ambushed with natural disasters and just humanitarian disasters on a regular basis, it it's- seems.
0: One of the poorest countries in the world, like Yemen, if I'm not mistaken. And I in New York, there are a lot of Haitian immigrants. They were Catholic, so they came to my school. I used to work in restaurants. They worked in restaurants a lot. I had nothing but respect for that community. They, were, My parents went to the Haitian church. It was like Haitians and Filipinos. My parents didn't like the rich <laughs> church in the, in the summer. So we would drive to the next parish over because they just felt like they were more Catholic, they said the other stuff was like a social club. So I had a fair amount of exposure to the Haitian culture and the people. And they were always very upright people. I really like them and I feel bad that they're targeted. I really don't know why. Maybe Sir Tim is right I maybe William Engdahl is right. And there's oil under there. I really don't know. But we are certainly in the process of giving them everything we got. And that that can hurt.
1: Very interesting stuff. I think that wraps a, it up for today's show we guess we have a shout out. I
0: got a quick shout out. I really want to give this shout out too. before long. I am hoping you would be willing to shout out my wife on the show. She is an avid listener and Patreon subscriber. Even when she gets too busy and falls a few days behind on the show, she refuses to just skip to the most recent. She insists on listening to all of them in order. That's really sweet. I really yeah. appreciate that. I mean, it's not easy to throw something up every single day it takes a lot of time it's not always perfect so that kind of loyalty. And if we're giving her any kind of joy and pleasure that really makes me happy, try to keep it upbeat, even though a lot of the stuff is not. Anyway, she's going to have surgery over the next couple of weeks, and she could really use some cheering up. So we'd like to give her a big fat shout out, you know who you are. We don't want to dox her, maybe it's not popular in her circles to listen to people who encourage critical thinking. That's becoming very unpopular these days in many, many different fields. So you know who you are and we will say I certainly will say a little prayer for you. And hopefully we have brightened your day.
1: I will as well and get well soon and everything will go well. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at the or your favorite podcasting platform at the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post all the time, you can go to patreon.com slash Propaganda Report or rockfin.com slash Propaganda Report and sign up there. Have a fantastic rest of your day. We will talk to you in the DNBXR or tomorrow.